Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Steps of Freedom. I'm Sharon King. Hello, and I'm Don Hennessy. We are going to follow on. So we had a great conversation um, on our last podcast, but I think we still have an awful lot to talk about on the first subject, which is the women who are in the situation and how to recognize if you are being abused or not. Um, So in the last session, we spoke about the aggressive person, the guy who's brash and, you know, might be a little bit obnoxious. It might be easier to recognize that he's, um, you know, controlling or intimidating or whatever. And we talked we talked about the passive aggressive person where it's it's much harder to see. You know, he's a very, very nice guy on the outside when he goes out in public. But then behind closed doors, you just don't know what's going on. So there's uh, and I, I know that's the same with the aggressive um, person as well. But we also want to get it across and keep reiterating it that you don't need to be physically assaulted in order to be abused. Yeah, I think I'd want to just re-emphasize the fact that in my experience, physical aggression is just a symptom of the problem. It's not the problem. Whereas everybody for the last 50 or 60 years has been documenting the physical assault as evidential so they can go and prove that to somebody. But actually, these guys aren't fools. They don't give away evidence that easily, but they have a a whole basket full of subtle ways of controlling their partner, which really are difficult to explain. That's it. Um, you can see physical bruises. You can go to the doctor. You can show them bruises. You can you can do all that. But it's the mental side of things, the the psychological side of things. That's that's hard to show and hard to to even recognize yourself if you're in the situation. The, the interesting thing is that if there is no resistance, there's no assault. Yeah. So if a woman becomes compliant and falls into the pattern of behaviors that he wants then he may never assault her. Yeah. As I say, it's just a symptom. It's the same as uh, some other symptoms that we didn't really touch on the last day, like financial abuse yeah. or uh, public uh, disrespect. Uh, Sean mentioned some guys are very plausible in public, but it, at the same time, they can still, uh, as I say, take the legs off from under their partner in half a sentence when they're out and they can pass a remark that other people mightn't even recognize but the, the woman feels it and it hurts her and she's upset for the rest of the night and because of that so this whole debate about um well he didn't really hit her so he didn't abuse her is is misses the point completely about yeah. what these guys are up to yeah and it's an outdated i think it's outdated yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's it's outdated in in one sense in that we know way more about mental control now and coercion yeah. and we also know where well, we are learning a little bit about how men explain themselves. So there's a very good example of it at the moment on uh, the public airways, this uh, soccer player Ryan Giggs. Uh, oh, yeah. none, of, none of it happened, actually. They were just tussling and she she got a bang in the head, but it really, it was just a tussle uh, between two active people. Um, so men have a great ability to minimise and explain away the actual behaviours that they're about. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which even compromises the woman's position much more readily in the sense that she can't put words on stuff that he has already put words on and make them sound different. So one of the things that you will find if you meet 
a woman who's been in a relationship for a length of years, if she's in there five or six years, she actually uses his vocabulary. So instead of her being punched, what she actually gets is a slap because that's how he describes it. She she okay. is never she's never kicked. She might be hit in the leg or he might have accidentally tripped her or whatever, yeah. but he would never admit to kicking her. So when we work with these men and women initially, one of the most alarming things was that we recognized that when both answered a list of questions uh, separately, that they both used the same language. Okay. And if you speak to any police people or guardy or anything, they'd say you can have two people witnessing the same thing and they will still use different words to describe it because each we all have our own vocabulary. Yeah. But what these men do is they manage to persuade the woman to use the man's vocabulary. Okay. And then the, the, the explanations that she gives don't sound so bad. Okay. So she nobody says to her, oh my God, that's an awful thing to happen to you because she minimizes it with his language. Yeah. And that's a very controlling thing. And if you could get somebody to speak your language, then you have them where you want them. The great talent. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's where the confusion comes in as well, because you, you might be in this situation, um, you know something is wrong. Um, like that, you know, you you have a bruise on your leg because he kicked you, but then he said he didn't kick you. Yes. You know, so he's he's twisting your your thoughts, so your reality isn't isn't your own. So mm -hmm. you're you're confused. So you can't really talk to anyone because you don't know that there's something bad happening because he's convinced you that it's all in your head and yes. you're imagining it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it's one of the great difficulties of people who want to help. Yeah, what you're actually listening to is his description of what happened. So, and his judgment call about it being an accident or it really didn't happen at all, even just, just imagination or whatever. <laughs> so she says all that to the helper. Yeah. And the helper looks at her then and says, well, that doesn't sound much or, yeah. you know, I'm not sure about this. Uh, maybe we need to get the guy and talk to him. And what these men are, I suppose, expert at is they are con men. Yeah. So they're the best liars I've ever encountered. And I've been in a few roles in my life now um, where I've met practiced liars and people <laughs> who are good at it. In other words, they don't have to think about it anymore. And yet these men are better than any of the guys I've ever worked for. Yeah, it's instantaneous. They can it, just come up with an excuse or, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. They're highly skilled. Yeah. Uh, people say, oh, God, he never went to school or sure he left school at 14 or whatever. But they have this cunning about them yeah. that allows them. Now, some of them are professors. Some of them are consultants in hospitals. Some yeah. of them are judges. So there's the, the, the whole gamut of, of these oh, guys. Yeah. But some of them can be very, very skillful at lying, at the, you know, quickly making up a lie that will actually put them in a better position. So the lie is about making them look better or making her look worse. Yeah. And that's an... Unfortunately, most social workers and uh, people who come from uh, academic life are easily conned by these men. They fall for the lies. Yeah. They, they may not be fully convinced, but they're at least there's a doubt created. So they don't want to intervene then in a forceful way. They step back and they say, well, we'll see what happens here or whatever. And okay. they, they send the woman back into this horrendous place where yeah. she's living and they go and the home. Kids, they go yeah. home, and they they think they've done a good job, 
when the reality is they have no idea where the woman lives or what it's like for her to be where she's living. And it, that is really sad because these people are professionally trained. Yeah. And they miss the point of how these men behave. Yeah. Going with the lies here as well. Is there, so say they are skilled liars, there's no doubt about it. They, it just rolls off them. But is there a thing where if, say, you ask them a question and they get you to repeat it, that they're buying themselves some time to think of something if they, if they can't come up with something straight I, away? I, I, I ran, a, uh, well, I was on a team. We ran a group with these men in it back in the 90s. And some of the tricks we learned was the the first thing is to say, like you just said, I don't understand that now, Dan. Could you repeat the question now in a different form, like put a different words in it and maybe I'd understand it then. Yeah. Now, the guy that used to ask that question of me, he was a multimillionaire. He was a really expert businessman, yeah. but he acted like a gom. Okay. And he he got the whole sympathy of the group because they'd all tried to explain to him uh, then, okay. like what I was yeah, trying yeah. to say and he'd be laughing at us. He'd be making the fools of everyone. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so with our lovely women at home, the confusion that they feel as well is that um, these guys can actually be very caring. You know, they can pretend or act like they're helping they might do something at home and she thinks it's wonderful where it's in a, in a normal household it'll be, you know, like he do the hoovering one day where he might never do the hoovering and she's like, oh sure, what am I getting so upset about? Like, isn't he great now he's after doing that and oh, he bought me flowers yesterday or, you know, so there's a, there's a complete roller coaster of emotions where one day he's insulting her and he's mocking her and he's, you know, uh, making her feel bad. Then the next day it's, you know, oh God, you look gorgeous today. Let's do this, that and the other at the weekend and everything. So it puts you in a state of confusion. So once you think things are going downhill, then all of a sudden it turns around and you're thinking he's wonderful again. And then it goes downhill again and he's bought himself more time. So, yeah. One of the fascinating things about these guys and it's a huge skill is that they get the woman to stay with them. Yeah. So you don't get women to stay with them and cooperate with them if they're really bad all the time. Yeah. Because then a woman gets a clear message eventually, this guy is, you know, he's dangerous or whatever and I'm out of here. Yeah. So how does he keep her there? He keeps her there by keeping her confused. Yeah. And one of the fascinating things about the women when I meet them and I meet them every week is I meet new clients and I say to them, well, are you kind of confused? Um, how do you think? And I can't really think or I can't think straight or yeah. I don't know what's going on in my head or whatever. But the, the total confusion is generated by these changes of behavior. Okay. So if he was a bad guy all the time, yeah. she it'd be clear. So yeah. instead of that, then he does as much that he needs to do to keep her sweet, if you like. That's it. And what is really interesting, I referred to the groups there earlier on, but we learned very clearly from the groups that all these men's behaviour was deliberate. Yes. The good behaviour and the bad behaviour came when they thought it would be helpful. That's it. That's when they used it. Everything, everything is intentional. Everything they do is intentional. Everything is intentional. Yeah. Is, is yeah. Right. And, and that really, for most of my clients, is a very difficult thing to accept. They yeah. find it hard to believe that a guy can deliberately do these things. But a woman rang me and I had spoken to her way before as well. 
and uh, I, I was saying that to her uh, and she was saying Don I, I don't know if, if they put that much energy into running the country or whatever like that'd be great you know and I said no it's effortless yeah these yeah. guys are instinctively able to boost their own position and to damage somebody else's position yeah. they can do that instinctively some of them do it at work as well uh, I'll probably be banned off the podcast <laughs> for saying this now, but the greatest number of clients that I have had are have been the spouses of bank managers. Oh, really? Yeah. No, oh, I, I, I think the bank managers. I position, think bank managers are in the bad books with everyone anyway. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I th the bank manager's position has changed over the years. If you go back. 20, oh yeah, years. they were highly respected. Yeah, highly yeah. respected. They were the uh, next next to the parish priest. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in the local community, and I couldn't believe it. I went back checking my files there about the beginning of the year this year, and over the thirty years, bank managers are the highest category. It's closely followed, I have to say, by the guards and yeah, the guards and oh soldiers. my goodness yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's not that's so, not comforting yeah no so they're but they're, but they're everywhere I mean when yeah. I look down through the list of things there are consultants and dentists and uh, teachers and Every, all walks of life one of the things that really upset me at the beginning when I realised it was that counsellors are, really? quite, are quite prominent are you serious oh I'm my gosh very serious yeah. yeah 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 so they're everywhere yeah Everywhere, um, unfortunately, it's, it is one one in four relationships, isn't it? One in four relationships, yeah. and I know when I say that publicly, people say to me, ah, "It couldn't be that, sure, Dan. I know a lot of people, and none of them have that problem." And I'm saying, "Well, you don't know they have the problem, but they do." Yes, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's the issue. And the reality is, it's probably a lot more than that because we don't know. Um, uh, we yeah. don't. We don't know, but. Uh, there is an international standard of nineteen percent, which is just under okay. one in five. But uh, I think that was generated in the, in the nineties. Okay. Uh, so now it needs to be updated. They they realise that it's more prominent than that even. That's it. Yeah. So we have our our lovely woman at home. She's she's been groomed. So they're they're very and like you said there as well. They can do it at work. So they could groom their coworkers, their um children, <laughs> yes, neighbours to get on their side as well, mm -hmm. neighbours. But they can turn their children against their partner as well so they can use the children in the relationship. This is the one thing that that really breaks my heart altogether. Mm. Um, I suppose if I have any role in life, it's as a parent. Yeah. Right? I, I know I'm espoused to poor Marguerite and but <laughs> she's working on that. She'll make a man of me yet. But my role as a parent, oh, I had five children and I, I found that the most difficult role but one of the things that breaks my heart is to see how children get used by the father yeah. to hurt or damage the mother. Yeah. And I think there's a guy in the States, Lundy Bancroft, who said it way back long. Uh, he said, nobody can be regarded as a good parent if he attacks the child's mother. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, that's a big, strong statement, but this guy was working in Boston area and he, he wrote some very good books in it as well. But he was very clear about it. So if we find a mother who is being abused, then we can be certain that that person, no matter how well he looks, no matter how good his children are dressed or no matter how yeah. he brings them all to football or whatever, he is not a good parent. No. 
And, and the really damaging thing about that is that I have met extended family members even who say, oh, he's a good parent. When you, I actually know different and yeah. I know what he's doing to his wife. And when we were, let's call ourselves uneducated, we were, if we go back to the time of the Vikings, the Vikings had a very specific law. Now, they, didn't, they weren't into protecting women overall as much, but they were very clear. Anybody who disrespected a mother would be ostracized from the community. That was the law. Well, we need that again. <laughs> we absolutely should have that again. Yep. We, we should have no tolerance for these guys. Yeah. And yet they're tolerated all over and they come here and they give their concerts and they give their mm -hmm. uh, party political broadcasts and everything. And nobody says that man should be ostracized. He abuses his wife. Yeah. And, and that really would be a great start. It, it would be maybe an extension of Me Too and that. But it would be a very, very important extension, a very, yeah. very important step to bring that into public awareness and to make the public quite certain that anybody yeah. who abuses a mother should not be should not. accepted should in any way. Should be left in, in your house, in the country. No, no. no. And no. you do get it. You, you, you have people who know that there's a problem in a relationship uh, people have separated. There's there's um, accusations of domestic abuse, but they still welcome that man into their house around Absolutely. their own children, and you know. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the really, um, I suppose, effective ways that that happens is that the man has already done the grooming. Okay. So if it's let's say it's her family and he goes and he's nice to her mother or yeah. he cuts the grass or. You know, a lot of men can actually do things around the house. I'm, I'm not one of them, but some of them can drive nails and that kind of thing and repair a door lock or whatever. But it, it, he will do that in a way which will impress the mother, but he will also join her in saying, you know, Mary, she's not the best now at this or that. Okay. Because nobody's perfect at everything. No. And mother will be very aware of the child she raised and say, well, Mary isn't a great cook or Mary doesn't yeah, keep yeah. the house very clean or Mary has no control over money or whatever other way mother has condemned yeah. her several times before. <laughs> and he will join into that chorus. Yeah. And by the time he's finished, nobody has a good word to say about Mary. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So he's got in there. He's weaseled his way in. He's weaseled his way And he's got the information. So whatever yeah. the, the family already think, the bad points and about Mary. And he's using it for brownie yeah. points. Yeah. He's, he's orchestrated that and every time he meets the family then he says, oh, I have a terrible time with Mary over this or that and, yeah. and they yeah. all accept Sim it. And it's, this is the thing, it's sympathy. That's what they get from people is sympathy. Absolutely. They're experts to getting sympathy and even from the children when they, I feel anyway, when they want to turn the children against the mother, they get sympathy from the children and then the, the children can get angry at the mother and it's like, oh, poor dad, you know, abs you're giving him an awful hard time. Why, why are you treating him like that? Well, all the tension in the house is yeah. blamed on the mother. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter how started it or where it came from. Dad will tell the kids, I, your mother was all upset last night again. I can't, I can't, I can't get through to her or she yeah. just won't listen to me and she's creating hassle again over this or that. Yeah. And the children will immediately focus on the person who's creating the tension then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he's poking and poking and poking and then he's calm 
but he's poking her and he's poking her and she's getting upset and she's getting upset and then she can't talk to him because you can't communicate with these people. So then she gets frustrated. And eventually anyone with the the calmest of natures will eventually erupt. You see, th- this is the really subtle thing about it. As I said earlier on, um, these guys are very skilled. Yeah. So what they will do is they will orchestrate the tension. Yeah. And they will orchestrate the row. Yeah. And they will keep prodding and prodding until the woman says or does something which she's not proud of. Yeah. And they immediately they've arrived at that. They will then blame the woman for the row. That's it. And they'll play the victim then Absolutely. that they're the one that's oh, being yeah. abused and that yeah. they're the one that's that's having the hard time at home. And when I was a real novice at this work, I was sitting in my office one day and this um, kind of a timid looking man came in and he had... I would say a wife who was as big as him. She okay. was a fine, sturdy West Cork woman. You know the West <laughs> Cork woman; they're, they're well built and all that. And she, she was sitting there, kind of meek. And he was saying, "I know, no, you don't handle much of this, no, Don. But this woman is an abuser." And she kicked me. Oh my goodness! And then he pulled up his pants and he showed me a mark on his shin. Right. And what am I going to do with her now? You know. So I was sitting there for a while and I was saying, no, I can't be biased. Maybe there, maybe women are as bad as men and all of that. So I said, tell me what happened. So he began to describe how she lost her temper and she kicked him. Okay. And I don't know where I got the inspiration from, but I said, tell me what happened before she lost her temper. Yeah. Right. So it seems this woman had a very unwell child, um, special dietary needs and all that kind of thing. And every Thursday afternoon, she would make a dinner especially for the child. He'd eat whatever he could get the rest of the week, but it would be his treat to get his dinner on the Thursday. She was a school teacher, so she'd be home at three o'clock, half three, four o'clock. She was busy, yeah. Yeah, busy, and she'd come home and put on the dinner then. And he came in the door then at half five, Mm -hmm. and this was Thursday, so it was the kids' dinner was being cooked. And he picked up the, the, the saucepan and he said, do you expect me to eat that fucking shit again tonight? Okay. Right? And he started to throw it on the floor, on a tiled floor. Very childish. Yeah. And she went to stop him. Okay. And she banged her leg off him somewhere or other. Yeah. And that's the story. The story yeah. was that he orchestrated her abusiveness. Exactly. And then he wanted to blame her. Yeah. So when we were finished the session, I said to the woman, I said, I, I, I need to see you again, making it out for him that, well, she had, she was a problem and yes, she had a yeah. difficulty. So she came back to me the following week on her own and we had a, a long discussion about his behaviour and how what he was saying was just part of a programme to diminish her in every way, to make her out to be kind of almost non-human that she yeah. was some kind of a stupid idiot yeah uh, and even though she had uh, she did a very responsible job exactly and and she was totally embarrassed and confused but also she had what was really sad at the time because she was a woman that was really dedicated to she had three kids altogether really dedicated to her own kids as well is she was beginning to lose energy oh yeah she was becoming depressed yeah. She said she found the work in school very difficult, you know, big classes and trying to keep them all going in the right direction and all that. So she was at 
kind of 48 or 9 years of age, she was worn out. She's getting burnt out. Okay. Burnt out. Yeah. And I would compare that to all kind people who are not allowed to take care of themselves and are not really appreciated when they act kindly. Okay. And and that's what happens to people in a lot of the professions. They get burnt out at around the age 50, 55. Okay. And they just become a shell. They're just going around the place without any uh, sense of who they are or they're just following. They're like robotic people following yeah. instructions. So these men do that to their partners. And what what's really sad is that the children actually are used as part of that process. Yeah. And I have met, what I'm going to say, young men. I've met men in their 20s whose mothers used to come to me when the kids were small and the difficulties of life. And one of the things that the young men have said to me over the years is that they have felt suicidal because oh. of what was going on in the home and how they were implicated in it yeah. and how they had no idea how they were being used yeah. and that they felt so bad about not being able to protect their mothers from all the abuse going on. Yeah. But worse than that, they felt so bad for being part of the abuse by being for used. For giving her a hard time. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's sad that um, there's a guilt. I'm presuming they have a, a massive guilt on their shoulders. And oh, yes. Some of them are so <clears throat> guilty that they've, they consider taking their own lives. Yeah, they were yeah. so depressed about it when they, it's very hard to see, as you say, the wood from the trees when you're in it. Yeah. But when they moved out of home and looked back over their lives over yeah. the, the previous 20 years, they could see it a bit more clearly every day. And that really was very difficult for some of them to cope yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. The hindsight, um, and they probably, memories will probably come up for years and years that they, they would have forgotten about. So it's it stays with them. Absolutely. Always. Yeah. So using the kids to hurt the mother, but also using the kids to make themselves look good in public. So they'll go out, they'll bring the child out and, you know, maybe there's a baby there. And while they're outside the house, oh, they're changing the nappies, they're feeding the child, they're doing everything. But then when they're in the house, it's a different story. So it makes it look like she's doing nothing. He's doing everything. So Well, uh, I suppose the simplest way of saying that, Sharon, is that it makes that as though the wife was very lucky to get such a a charming man who's so helpful and it does everything uh, so that she can get a bit of a break and uh, give her uh, support and all of that. When none of the clients that I've worked with over the years have ever felt appreciated by their spouses. And it took me quite a long time for me to figure that out. Yeah. Because I thought that appreciation was essential in a relationship, even to keep it going a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And even though they would get the big presents or the bunches of flowers or whatever, it would always be done in a way to embarrass them and to enhance his image. Yeah. So a lot of the women who were working outside of home would get uh, gifts sent to the, the work so that everybody would work everyone would see it yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. would see it right and she would say to me when I'd meet her she's done I hate that it's <laughs> the one thing I don't like and I said well you've got a lovely bunch of flowers or you got something else I prefer if you bought a pair of shoes for the child oh yeah yeah, right? yeah. I much, much prefer that right yeah and so she never gets what she wants no not alone does the man generate the problem he also 
generates the solution. Yeah. And all the gifts are for him, essentially. They're not for her. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're so he can tell people and so that uh, other people will be mighty impressed by them. Yeah. So that's his solution is actually to enhance his image even more. Yeah. The woman ends up appearing to be an ungrateful bitch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or high maintenance. I, I hate that. Um, mm. I hate that phrase, high maintenance. So yeah. you'll hear it a lot with um, well, one relationships. Of the, one of the things I can assure you is that there is no abusive man who will stay with a high maintenance woman. Yeah. Right? <laughs> As a matter of fact, he won't even begin the process. Once he realizes that the woman is into herself. Yeah. Uh, in any way that she's any respect for herself or that she won't be taken for granted, he'll move on to somebody else. That's it. But he, in public, he'll want people to think that she's high maintenance oh, and that, God, that he has an awful job trying to keep up with her absolutely. and yeah, all the demands she puts on him. She wants this, that and the other. She yeah. wants to go on holidays. She wants designer bags. She wants... She wants to change her car. She wants to change her car. Yeah, all this kind of stuff. And especially with social, social media these days, you know, um, people portray a certain life online, which may not be true at home so like uh, with social media as well you're not just looking at the the two people when you see them outside you're looking at their Facebook page or their Instagram and she's putting up all these lovely pictures you know of mm -hmm. a, a happy family life so you mm -hmm. think God they're having a great time yes so but and that's another tool that's amazing for him one of the things about these guys I said they're skillful right yeah they're ahead of all of us in terms of using social media or what the next new thing will be I have no idea what the last new thing was <laughs> but whatever the next new thing will be yeah. they're so skilled at developing a way of using all these things you mentioned something there Dan about um, abuse symptoms or the symptoms of control do you want to elaborate on that for us well it, it's a fascinating study when you kind of step back from it and try and figure out what is the man doing. Okay. Most of our information has come from what women think they're doing or what women see them doing. But there's a lot more goes on inside in the man's mind. And I've been castigated for saying that his primary concern is his sexual entitlement. Okay. And he wants to be in charge in the bedroom. Okay. So, for example, most of the definitions of this abuse, intimate abuse, includes financial abuse. Yes. And when I was starting off and we were running the groups, it was fascinating to see how these men abused their partners financially by not giving them any money. Or uh, one of my colleagues came out of a room one day and she said, gee, Don, you won't believe what I was just told. Like she was distraught. She said... My client needed five euro for the kids. No, it was probably five pounds. The kids were so far ago. The kids were going to school on a tour. They needed money in for the tour, two fifty each or something. Yeah. And he said to her at half seven in the morning, "If you have sex with me now, I'll give you the money." The woman, like she, when she heard it, she just couldn't be consoled. So we all took that then to be that if a guy was restrictive with the money that uh, she'd be controlled in a certain way or she'd have to perform certain duties in order to get uh, enough money to run the family. And then we met a woman who was, she worked outside the home as an accountant. Okay. She did three days a week in an office and she was sitting in a group with us one day and we were discussing this financial abuse and she said, oh, if only. 
And we said, Mary, what do you mean by if only? She said, her husband is a tradesman. Okay. He's working for one of the big construction companies. Every Friday night, she says, he comes home and he puts his brown wage packet up on the table. Okay. Like if she told that to anybody, say, God, Mary, you're very lucky. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then she says, for the following six days, he keeps on asking her, where's the money gone? Oh, okay. She has to account for every, she has to write it down in what they call a spreadsheet. Yeah. And detail out every penny of where the money he gave her was. She said, I would much prefer if he didn't give me a penny. Yeah. Right. So not only was she accounted in her job, she was doing the, she, the same oh, thing yeah. at home. So he was yeah. taking advantage of her. Her skills yeah. and all yeah. of that, like just to control her, right? Yeah, yeah. I had another client whose uh, partner, we'll call him, was actually, I don't understand how you can be a priest and not a priest, but he claimed he was still know. a priest, even though he was living with this woman and that he was out of, Okay. he wasn't celebrating or anything. But he used to get her to go to confession to him every Saturday. Oh my goodness. And she would have to tell him everything that she did wrong for the week because he was going to forgive her because he had still had the powers of a priest. But that just fed him so much information yeah. about how to control her. She had to confess her sins every she week. Had to yeah. Confess her sins every week, her shortcomings, everything. That's horrendous. Right? Horrendous. Yeah. But that's the kind of control that they get from the information that the woman gives them. Yeah. So the woman who was the accountant or the woman who was blessed with living in the same house as a priest was equally controlled by what they were good at. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So the, the, the skill for the men is to use whatever works best. Yeah. Okay? Some women are very good at dressing properly. Yeah. So they match everything up and they wear yeah. stylish clothes and... When they go outside their front door, they feel good about themselves, yeah. right? And those women will get criticized for what they wear. Yeah. But there are other women who are casual about their dress. They just put on whatever... Whatever's uh, comfortable. Whatever's yeah, comfortable. Yeah. Or they could be like me. My wife says, Don, you dress yourself in the dark. You know, <laughs> oh, I just put my hand into the wardrobe and whatever comes out goes on. <laughs> And I come down and the stairs. And you always look very smart. Come down the stairs. <laughs> the reason why I always look very smart is I come down the stairs and she says, you're not going out in that, are you? <laughs> Go back upstairs absolutely, and change. <laughs> absolutely. So oh, whatever you see me in, like, she, yeah, she, she yeah. won't let me. And she, it's very funny because she says, when you see people on television with the wrong tie or yeah. the thing not fitting properly, she says, I bet you they're not married. No wife would let them out like that. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> but the essential thing for these guys is to actually be in charge or whatever the woman thinks that the woman is good at. Okay. Right? Yeah. So if her skill is cooking, yeah. they'll criticize her meals. Yeah. Right? If her skill is parenting, they'll come home every evening and say the children are running amok or they had no homework done or whatever. But nine times out of ten, within a quarter of an hour of coming into the house, they will create the problem. Yeah. And then they will blame the mother for not being able to mind yeah. it. Right? Yeah. So just going back to the bedroom for a minute, there is a difficulty in the sense that a lot of my clients say that uh, he's not that bad in bed or he's not that demanding in bed or yeah. I've, like, I'm not sure if I agree with you about that. And the, the, the real issue is that he is in charge. 
Yeah. So I ask my clients, when did you initiate uh, intimacy or even affection in the in, in the bedroom or before you went to the bedroom or when you're in bed? And the answer inevitably is, I never did that. Yeah. And wh- why didn't you do that? Or do you understand why you didn't do that? Oh, I know he doesn't like it. Now, there's no written rule about it, yeah. but she just gets the message some way that he doesn't yeah. like it. And the other thing I need to draw attention to is that when I started this work first, I thought that sexual abuse in the bedroom would be that the man was too demanding or too yeah. insistent and kept on uh, persuading the woman that what she needed to do was let him have his way. Yeah. One of the things that I found hard to understand was a woman coming to me and saying, Don, actually, the worst thing is when he doesn't want me. He calls me a fat woman. He calls me an ugly bitch. He says, I let myself go after the children were born and he doesn't want to have sex with me anymore now. And he is impressing on me that he can get it somewhere else. And he probably is. (laughs) He probably is. I have no doubt about that. But that is so demeaning for a woman because... I suppose if there's anything about us, we're sexual beings. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's who we are. Yeah. Right. And that's part of our, a huge part of our identity. So for that part of our identity to be dismissed, for yeah. a woman to be told that she's no longer a sexual She's not person, desirable. Yeah. She's not uh, in any way desirable. Yeah. Uh, that's heartache. Oh, yeah. And the fact that she has borne this guy's children that doesn't do any woman's body any good. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if she's had three or four children, it can it can leave its uh, after it's effects. Yeah. Yeah. So, but to be dismissed because of that and to have this guy to just turn her back on her or not yeah. show her any affection at any level is, is a cruelty that I can't get my head around. It's it's just beyond me. It's pure evil. It's pure it cruel. Is. Yeah, it yeah. It's, it's taken away confidence. It takes away so much from a person. Yeah. The one person you're supposed to be closest to, the person you live with, you, the person you share your life with, yeah. doesn't want you. So you're kind of w- wondering, well, what's wrong with me? Like, so Absolutely. no, if he does, if my own husband doesn't want me, nobody, <laughs> nobody is ever going to want me. I, I had a client who actually took up long distance walking because her husband said she was fat. Yeah. And she went on a diet and she used to regularly measure herself and weigh herself yeah. and she was constantly trying to make herself attractive to him. Yeah. And the truth was that he was having an affair with another woman. He didn't give a goddamn about his wife. No, right? no matter what she did. He, no matter what yeah. she did. And sadly, the woman took her own life eventually because she just couldn't cope with the fact that she was rejected. So sad, yeah, yeah. Mm. And it can cause eating disorders, body dysmorphia. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Um. Not wanting to leave the house, even. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, well, you'd be ashamed of yourself. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. never feel comfortable um, in your clothes or, or anything like that. So, again, with the domestic abuse, you know, it was always bruises and, mm-hmm. you know, physical violence and everything. And then the sexual side of it, it's always rape and all that kind of stuff is, is projected as being the abuse. But the other side of it. Rejection is, is rejection equally. Rejection is, is, is equally. Um, as horrendous to live with. That's right. Yeah, and that's something that's never discussed. Um, no, actually, uh, I, well, was ha- I, 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 I haven't I, heard it. No, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, I, I was <laughs> trying. Sometimes I'm very brave, and I try to raise these issues. And, yeah, you know, yeah. 
socially and all that. And uh, the response I got, which shut me up completely, was from a very, uh, what I would call a very forward-thinking woman. She said, Jesus, isn't she lucky? Oh, well, yeah. So I mean, what would, yeah. You see, the the woman who's who's being demanded from wishes she was on the other that's side of it. Absolutely. And the one that's on the other side of it is wishing that there'd be it's, more demands on it. So there's no middle ground. So. No middle ground. Yeah, yeah. I suppose to explore that a small bit further, all of the issues that have come up over the last 50 years have been generated by women. Okay. And I don't think women are prepared to admit that their partners and their sons spend most of their days thinking about sex. Yeah. Right? Well, a woman can't imagine that a guy <laughs> has, you know, 20 sexual thoughts every every hour or whatever. Okay. And that, that's what's going on in the back of their heads and they're walking down the street or they're looking How across. How do they get the any office. work done? <laughs> well, it's amazing they can do both together. I see. Uh, oh, they can multitask. Oh, yeah. what I'm talking about is skill. They can multitask in their head. I mean, okay. if, you, if you ask them to do things in the kitchen, they can they multitask. They can't multitask, right? no. But in their head, they're brilliant at it. Yeah. And, and they can actually spend their time looking at women and uh, I think they reckon now that it would take 30 seconds for a man to decide whether he would be interested in a woman or not if he really? sees a woman. Yeah, so he's he does his assessment mentally and all of that. So he is, because of his sexual thoughts, he's constantly on... Uh, he's, he's constantly uncomfortable with his sexual urge. Okay. Right? And he needs have that released in some way. Yeah, right? it sounds nearly animalistic, doesn't it? It's completely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's completely animalistic and he has no concept of the impact on his partner. Okay. So it's purely internal, it's purely what's going on for himself. If, if he's feeling aroused or anything like that, that has to be dealt with. Okay. Right? Yeah. And uh, the sad thing is that, uh, as we touched on, women think that that's right. Okay. Women think that men need to be sexually satisfied. Yeah. I mean, my mother's only dead since the 90s and she died believing that I was her role as a wife. Okay. That once she got married, she had to be sexually available to her husband for the rest of his life. Yeah. And the church were the people who told her that yeah. and re-emphasized it repeatedly. I used to be a little altered by listening to all this stuff. Made no sense to me at the time. Yeah. But I remember being them women being Very told that yeah. from the altar that that was their role in life. Yeah. So culture and the church and our education have all been dictated by men. Yeah. Right. Men wrote the Bible. Uh-huh. Right. Otherwise, it, the world. <laughs> there is no there is no woman in the world would write that the Lord said increase and multiply and fill the earth. No, yeah. that was licensed to men. Yeah. So they wrote it. Yeah. And ever since that time, a woman's duty was to look after their husbands and up to uh, some people still arguing it. But up to quite recently, the church was making an argument that once you got married, you gave consent forever. Yeah. So it wasn't a case of that you had any rights after that. You had no autonomy within the bedroom. You had given your consent. So put up with it. But it, yeah. isn't it only in recent times as well that rape in marriage is against the law? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a very famous article uh, 
I won't think the Minister for Justice name now, Sean Doherty. Okay. Sean wrote an article on one of the, I think the Irish Times of this, Irish Independent, when somebody brought this idea to the doll the first time, claiming that there was absolutely no such thing as rape in marriage and there was no need for the law. Oh my God. It was, it was such a stupid, when you read it now, you read how, yeah. how backward people were thinking. But it wasn't that stupid because it took men off the hook. Yeah. Right, so that's You'd what wonder what he was doing at home, wouldn't you? Yeah, you yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but certainly, most of the women that I work with have no autonomy in the bedroom. They have no rights in the bedroom. They can't argue this or that. Yeah. They just put up with whatever is being offered and whatever is being done. Yeah, and the the onus is always on the woman to change. So you know, if you have a, a rape case in the courts, you always see that the, the woman has been torn apart on the stand because she was wearing a short skirt or her top was too low or, you know, it's always up to the woman to cover herself up so the man doesn't, you know, act on his urges rather than educating the man and trying to, to work with the men. To... Uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder about educating the men. Okay. I, I think what I would much be much more interested in is sanctioning the men. This is your behaviour if you step outside the yeah. line we will do something to you rather than sitting down and saying, John, you need to know that other people deserve respect and other people are human beings as well. Because John knows the whole fucking lot of he it. He does. And there are laws there. It's against the law to yeah. attack. Yeah. It's against the law to, to, you know, hurt someone. But they still get away with it. They you do. know, they get lenient sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, the courts just, we'll get into the courts in, <laughs> in another podcast, but... Well, we're, we're dealing with about 10,000 years of patriarchy. Yeah, right? yeah. And one of the fascinating things, I've written to a few vets okay. to know, are there any other animal species that constantly rape their partners? Yeah. And there aren't. Aren't there? There are some occasional uh, rapes of female animals by male animals, but the vast majority of animals mate when the female is ready to mate. Okay. So there are cycles within the female life. Yeah. And when the females, uh, like you hear about dogs being in heat and all of that. Yes, yeah, right? yeah. And so that's when the mating happens. And, and they're left alone then. They're, they're yeah. left alone. They're, 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 and some animals actually eat the partner afterwards, don't they? Some insects and stuff. They, well, no, don't stop. Listen to me. I, I know we're, 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 we're bad enough here now, but we are not recommending altogether. that you eat your partner. Please don't say that Don and Sharon said that in the podcast and now we're all doing it. No. No, no. Right. And I'm sorry for laughing. It's a it's a very serious topic, but um that's a very interesting what you were saying there about the thoughts going on in men's heads constantly. Yeah. So um and the point that you raised there I think needs to be reiterated again that if you're in an abusive relationship um and you think you're not being sexually abused because your partner is not turning to you, he he's mm. turned his back on you. You mightn't have slept with him, you mightn't have had sex with him for years and you think that you're not being sexually, sexually abused, you are being sexually abused yeah. because he's diminishing your needs, he's he's making you feel ugly, unwanted, um, uncared for, undesirable. So that is all a form of abuse, isn't it? So It is indeed. Yeah. And some of the most ab- sexually abusive men that I have encountered are men who have sexual problems. Okay. So they are, have some kind of inadequacies or they're gay yeah. and they, they want to cover all of that up and they use their wife as a kind of a shield for their own problems and 
like while being gay isn't a problem, being gay in a heterosexual relationship creates a problem. It's dishonest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. yeah. He's yeah. not in it for the um, for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, that's our situation with the woman in the house. Um, and like we said before, um, you had a, a kind of a, a test. You said at the last day that um, if you're listening to us at home um, and you have a normal routine and your your partner knows every single move you make, every penny you spend is watched, do something a little bit different. Pick mm-hmm. something. Think about who you were maybe before you met him, something you might like to do. And if you can do that without him being in your head, there mightn't be an issue there. But if you can't change anything about your day, without him dictating it, without him being in your head, then yeah, you're definitely you, being controlled you need to talk completely. To someone. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I, I, I would really welcome it if people talk to us. Yes, yeah. Because um, this partly the purpose of this podcast yeah. is that we'll connect with people, and I, I think the the whole issue of partner abuse is still minimized in the country. Yeah. So you can talk to people, but they may not be able to help you. Yeah. Uh, what we would love to do is to be able to help you in some way. Yeah. And our help is about protection. Yeah. So we would want to work with our clients so that they are protected from further abuse. It really isn't our interest as to what happened for the last 25 years. We can't do anything with that. Yeah. But we would like to make the future abuse-free for our clients. That's it. Have a happy life. Yeah. There's a there's a big world out there to explore and you should Absolutely. be enjoying it. Yeah. Absolutely. You shouldn't be at home um, crying and feeling bad and feeling sad all the time. So um, that's our discussion on our lady still in the relationship and just know that there are so many places to go out there. There's so many, there's refuges, um, there's organisations Don is willing to to talk to anyone who wants to um, speak to him privately just to find out and to get help. We'd love to get questions from you that we can talk about um, on here as well to see what's in people's heads outside. Sure. Uh, yeah, um, if we can clarify anything. And I think... Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Uh, one of the things I have huge anxiety about is that myself and Sharon would be seen as experts on other people's lives. Yeah. We are not. No, we're having uh, a conversation. H- yeah. Human nature is so broad that we can't cover everything. So if there's anybody there who has a specific request or a specific uh, need from us, we'd be delighted to address that. That's it. Yeah, most definitely. We want to help in any way that we can. So we'll wrap it up there for today, Dan, if that's thank okay. You, thank yeah. you, Sharon. Thank and you so much. Thank you for keeping smiling in front of me because that keeps me awake. Oh, good. It's <laughs> very bright, yeah. Thanks, Elaine, for all your help, our lovely producer outside. Um, as always, please get in contact. We're on Instagram at stepstofreedom.ie. We have a email address, info at stepstofreedom.ie. We have a website in the process of <laughs> being built. So hopefully that'll be up and running soon so you can get in contact with us there eventually as well. Thanks very much and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Bye.